0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this particularly cool fall day, which the Lord has given to us. Uh, It's nice to kind of feel the bite in the air again. Well, we've come to the uh, 18th Sunday after Trinity, and. uh, We have some wonderful readings in the the, uh, service this day, but before we get there, uh, we're gonna continue uh, in our practice of walking through the catechism with our midweek school students. So I'll ask you to turn to the back cover of the bulletin where we have uh, at least what would approximate where our midweek school students are at in their memory work. So we'll recite together the fifth commandment and its meaning. What is the fifth commandment? You shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Well, as we have come to the 18th Sunday after Trinity, there is a particular focus on the teachings of God's law this day in the readings, and so for more on that, I'll turn your attention to the Focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, where we have a summary of our readings for the day. The Pharisees ask a law question. Jesus asks a gospel question. The Pharisees seek to test Jesus in his own words. Jesus seeks to test them in the saving reality of who he is as the Messiah. The law requires you to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to love the sojourner. Failure to keep the law perfectly brings judgment. On the other hand, The gospel brings the grace of God given by Jesus Christ that you may be blameless in the day of his return. Jesus is David's son, yet David's Lord, true God and true man. He is love incarnate who fulfilled all the demands of God's law on our behalf that we might be saved from the law's condemnation and sanctified, that is, made holy in the gospel's forgiveness. Thereby we see that God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We do have the great joy of receiving the Lord's body and blood this day as he gives it to us in and under bread and wine. And according to his word and his testament, he bids us to gather together in unity of confession, not just concerning the supper, but what it is that we confess on the whole as Christians. Therefore, all those joining us at the Lord's table this day, we ask that you be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us together in that one common Orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service setting this day is Divine Service 3, as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, Mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 18th Sunday after Trinity is from Deuteronomy chapter 10. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold. To the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples as you are this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear, he is your praise, he is your God, who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Grace, be mercy, to the Lord Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, It sounds easy enough, doesn't it? What does the Lord require of you other than to fear and love God and walk in his ways? Or as the catechism would put it, we should fear love and trust in God above all things. Pardon me. Jesus summarized it like this in the gospel lesson. My goodness, excuse me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all there is to it, right? Love God. Love your neighbor. But of course, as you read Israel's history in the Old Testament, you find the people of God constantly doing the opposite of that. Not loving God, not loving each other. Instead, they were constantly running after other gods and running down each other. Then Jesus comes along and he distills the entire law down to two commandments love God, love your neighbor. And ever since, well, it's the same thing. Even in the church, we find that we have all sorts of false gods. Now, maybe they're not made of wood or stone, but perhaps they are printed with green ink or powered by electricity or built with our own two hands. See, our idols are the things that we love more than God, whatever it is that keeps us from being attentive to God's word. And as for loving our neighbor, well, That one's not kept either. We put ourselves above others all the time. And if we do something for others, well, then we expect praise and recognition for it. Love God. Love your neighbor. Israel didn't do it, and neither do we. So then, why? Why is this law given? What did God expect to accomplish by giving it to us? Did he think that we would actually do it? Did he suppose that if he just told us something we were supposed to do, that we would do it? Tell me. How does that work with your kids? How does that work with you? Oh, sure, we might do it under duress, right, if we're forced. We might do it to avoid trouble. But you don't do it because you love God with your whole heart and your neighbor as yourself. Folks, let's be very clear about this this morning. God does not give us his law because We can keep it. He gives the law, as St. Paul said and teaches us, so that our sin will be exposed and even multiplied. We are taught this in Galatians 3 and Romans 5. God gives us his commandments to show us our sin. It's just like the old acronym that you learn in catechism class. The law, what does it do? SOS. It shows our sin. God gives us his law in order to reveal with complete clarity what complete and utter sinners we are. And that if the law is our way of life, we're doomed, dead and damned. Love God, love your neighbor. It's just that easy. That is easy to be doomed to death. And when Jesus comes, what does he do? Well, he comes precisely to do what we cannot do. The gospel lesson tells us that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It says, depend in the ESV translation. More literal rendering of that is to hang. So the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. But the law and the prophets means Jesus because he fulfills all things. He is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And so Jesus hangs on these commandments when he hangs on the cross for you and for the whole world. He fulfills the law. By loving his Father above all things, and by loving you above himself, by dying for you. He came to love God the Father above all things, and to love others as himself, yes, even more than himself. For us, the law is a mirror of condemnation. For Jesus, it is the way of our salvation. By doing what we cannot do, and by dying for what we have done, Jesus saves us. His salvation is that he lives the life you do not live and dies the death that you deserve. And forgiveness of sins means not only setting aside the things that you have done, against God, have done against God's law, it also means patching up where you haven't done it. Jesus keeps the law and obeys the commandments for you and suffers the consequences of your breaking them. In life and in death, Jesus takes up the law. And he saves us. And so our salvation is in him alone and never in the law. It is in this way that the Lord says, that what the Lord says in Deuteronomy comes to pass. He is the Lord who administers justice for the fatherless and for the widow, who loves the stranger, the sojourner, and gives him food and clothing. In Christ who has kept the law perfectly, we now have a perfect father. God is our father. In Christ, the church is his bride. Christ Jesus clothes us, his children, with holiness in the waters of holy baptism, and he feeds us with his own body and blood, the very bread of life, the bread of heaven itself. And it is by these gifts that you can be certain that whenever you have fallen down in the presence of God's commandments, you are forgiven. You are forgiven in Christ. It is by these God given gifts that you may know for sure that what you have failed to do has also been covered by the blood of Jesus. When the law stares you down, showing that you are a sinner, these gifts of Christ Jesus declare that your sins are not being counted against you. The Lord is not going to give you what you deserve for not loving him or your neighbor because in Christ, delivered through his word and sacraments, that has been taken care of. It is finished It is fulfilled. It is forgiven. And all of this is for you. So then, begs the question how are we then to live as God's baptized children? We're not in paradise yet. So what does the Christian life look like? Well, we learn how to view the law and the commandments that the Lord gives us. First of all, we know that the law shows us our sin. God demands that we love Him above all things and our neighbor as ourselves. These commandments show us clearly what we are to do and not do. They teach us we are sinners, and that our only hope is Jesus Christ, who has kept these commandments for us. Put another way, we know that the law points us to our need for a Savior, always, that is, its chief purpose. We never stop needing that Savior because we never stop sinning in this life. But also, as Christians, as those who have been rescued from our sin, We learn to view God's law as a gift from him that teaches us how to live. This is why when you look in the Psalms, the psalmist goes on and on and on about how much he loves the law of God. He loves his statutes, his commands, his testimonies, because they are indeed good and perfect. Here in the commandments of loving God and our neighbor, we have a lifetime's worth of work to learn how to love God, to learn his word, and to pray We have a lifetime's worth of figuring out how to honor and care for our parents, to be respectful of others, to speak well of others, to love our spouses and children and families and others. For you and me, God's law is a treasure in which He teaches us how to live. And most of all, we are rescued from that false way of viewing the law, in which we use the commandments to see how well we are doing with the Lord. You see, by yourself, you're doomed, but in Christ, You have kept all things perfectly. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you must know how well you are doing with the Lord based on how well you are doing. Rather, the law shows you your sin and it guides you as a believer in Christ in living. But it is Christ and Christ alone who is your life and your salvation. So, sounds easy. Love God, love your neighbor, but we don't. And because we don't, And we don't because we can't. And we can't because we're always sinners. Our Savior comes and he hangs on the law. He hangs on the cross, keeps the law, and forgives our sins. Apart from Christ, the law condemns us. But in Christ, we have kept all the commandments and are in God's eyes, holy and perfect. In fact, that's what that word saints means. It is God's holy ones made holy by Christ. In Christ, we truly do love God above all things. And we love our neighbors as ourselves, even as we actually do learn by the power of the Holy Spirit to do and keep those commandments. Hanging on the law and the prophets, in Christ, they're kept. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. in peace let us pray to the Lord Lord, for an increase of love toward God that in the confidence of his love toward us in Christ we may love our neighbors let us pray to the Lord Lord, for the church that her preachers may be proven faithful and that all Christians would be glad to enter into the house of the Lord let us pray to the Lord Lord, for the sons of our congregation that they would follow the way of the Son of God, the faithful bridegroom in his father's house, who blessed the world by his sacrifice, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. That new Davids may arise among us to govern our land faithfully under Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the fatherless, widows and sojourners, that our faithful God would execute justice, providing protection and provision according to his good and gracious will let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the needy, the troubled, the joyful, and the expectant, especially Helen Tate, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that they may confidently look confidently to Christ, seated at the Father's right hand and subjecting every enemy under his feet, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, especially the families of Ronnie Lyon and Erlene Lakey, that our Lord Jesus Christ, who has overcome sin and death, would give comfort, peace, and strength in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the peace of the Lord would be with us always, that it may remain with his church and be given to to his world, and that we may receive it here in the blessed sacrament. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the saints enthroned with Christ in heaven, let us give thanks to the Lord. And for the joy of entering the Lord's house and joining with the whole company of heaven, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome to you all on this wonderful day which the Lord has given to us. Um, a handful of announcements which don't appear in the bulletin. First of all, the uh, Esther Circle. Uh, you are asked to meet immediately after the service. And uh, Monica, where was it that? Meet. In the library. Okay, so uh, Esther Circle, please meet immediately in the library after uh, the service concludes here. Uh, and also, as um, uh, you had probably already heard beforehand, but then as we had in the prayers. Uh, that Erlene Lakey and uh, Ronnie Lyon have both gone to be with the Lord uh, this past week. And so we do have few, two funerals uh, upcoming this week. So uh, for the Erlene Lakey funeral, the visitation is here at Trinity. It's going to be Monday evening, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. The service will follow the next day here at Trinity at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay, And then uh, for uh, Ron Lyon's visitation on Thursday, that's at 10 a.m. and it goes until 1145 a.m., Uh, followed right after that with the service at noon. Uh, Earlene will be um, interned at the Trinity Cemetery, uh, Ron over at Fairhaven, and the committal prayers will immediately follow the funeral service, then with a lunch back here at Trinity. Um, And as uh, a check, the obituaries are uh, posted there on Bitteker's website as well if you would like to see those. Uh, so looking ahead at the calendar this week, then um, the hands of mercy immediately following adult Bible study today. That's at eleven fifteen, uh, and then Tuesday, of course, we have uh, those events with uh, the uh, early funeral at ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so, um, Trinity Classical Classroom. Uh, I'm assuming that y'all still be meeting, but just off in a, a side room, perhaps. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for your flexibility. Um, Wednesday, uh, we'll have our midweek school at 3.30, followed by workout class at 6, and then choir at 7, and then Thursday, uh, visitation and funeral for uh, Ronnie Lyon. Uh, Also, the um, District Church Workers Conference is being held Tuesday uh, in the afternoon and evening into Wednesday uh, down at Lake of the Ozarks. I'm going to run down real quick and be back. I won't be there for the whole thing, uh, but there are a couple things that I need to uh, take note of there, so I'll run down there and be back. Uh, so if you, if you can't catch me in the office number, please call my cell, uh, and I will be available um, all week long uh, there. So call or text me if you need me on my cell phone. Also, Trinity Women's Guild uh, cookbooks are available, $15. Make a great Christmas gift. Any questions you might have, please ask Aaron Waters. Again, the Hands of Mercy event, that's after Bible study today. Uh, please contact Nan if you have any questions. And then I mentioned the Fall District Pastors Conference there as well. Anything I may have missed... All right, seeing nothing then, go in God's peace, knowing that Christ has fulfilled the law for you. He is your forgiveness, life, and salvation, and He sends us forth in His love uh, to love and serve our neighbors. I'll greet you at the door.